Thank you so much. And it's been so good to get to know you guys and some of your church family and Scott and, and different ones from Artisan. And I just hung out with Caitlin today a little bit over Zoom from uh, Petit. So it was, it was just this, and I was like, she said, oh yeah, I go to Artisan. And I was like, what, I'm going there tonight? And we had a little moment there. It's like, weird, right? How it's happening? So, uh, so I'm thrilled to be here with you guys uh, today, this morning. Yeah. Yes, okay. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah, edit that out. No, just kidding. It's it's fine. So Hattie Suidna, Cheryl Bear-Slee, Natalie Westen, Demdenusli. My name is Cheryl Bear and I'm from the beautiful village of Natawaden, First Nation, which is located about an hour and a half <clears throat> west of Prince George, uh, way up in the middle of BC. And um, and so in, in and, and I'm also, I know you had the land acknowledgement in the beginning and thank you so much for that. That always makes me feel like when I, when I see a land acknowledgement, I feel like I'm not invisible. I feel like I'm a human being because for so many years we were written out of, of history and, and rendered invisible. So thank you for the land acknowledgement, but I'll just also reiterate that we're on, we're so grateful to be here on Coast Salish territory, the beautiful lands of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh and Squamish First Nations. Um, and I'm, uh, I love getting to talk uh, near Earth Day. I love getting to talk about the land. <clears throat> In my um, introduction uh, of myself, you'll notice I didn't talk about anything that I do or um, uh, because we don't find our sense, as Indigenous people, we don't find our sense of identity uh, based on, on what we do or our roles, but rather we find our identity in land. And so when I meet another Indigenous person, the first question that we'll ask is not, it's never, what do you do? Um, but the question is always, where are you from? And then when I find out, oh, you're from Kainai, or oh, you're from, um, you know, Swan River or something, is that a did I mess up that place? I don't know, anyway. But, uh, you know, if you're from um, <clears throat> uh, Dene land, you're off in the you know, Page, Arizona or something, and then I, then I know a little bit about who you are, and that's how we identify, by land. And the land is so important to us, and that it, um, and that's, that's part of the reason we're just connected. They say that, um, I remember reading um, some indigenous uh, scholars before saying we're tied to the land. It doesn't matter how far we go away, we always find our way back. And for sure, we're always buried on the land. And so, uh, and that's true for me. My boys know, they've heard me say this hundreds of times, that no matter where I am in the world, when I pass away, I have to be back to, brought back to Notley. I have to be buried on that land. And that's part of our, our perspective as a land, our relationship with the land, that we always go back home. And we always say that we've been on the land for uh, time immemorial. And so that means it's gone out of memory how long we've been on the land. And a better clue than archaeology is to find out how long we've been on the land is actually uh, linguistics. And that's, uh, that's a key, you know, there's, um, so we, we've been around a long time. And so in, uh, in, in our philosophy of always going back to the land to be buried, in a very real sense, the land is made of my ancestors, in a very scientific sense. And so there is this extra um, sense of belonging there's this extra sense of, um, of responsibility, therefore, to take care of the land. Uh, and I remember <clears throat> hearing our story, the, we call ourselves Dakath people, or uh, Yinka Dene, which means the people of the land. Dakath means the people who travel on the water. And uh, our stories um, were told to me by, the, the creation story was told to me by the late 
uh, Chief Stanley Thomas of Saikas. And uh, he brought uh, my team and I up on a mountain and he said, I'm going to show you. He said, I know how you pray. I'm going to show you how we pray. Mm -hmm. and, and then he told us this beautiful creation story. And it essentially started off <clears throat> as the creator made everything and the creator placed us on the land and uh, gave us the land to watch over and to care for. And in and, and the biblical sense, the term is to steward. And then he talked a little bit more and then he said, and, and one day the creator is going to come back and, and, and look and see how we've taken care of the land. And that was so amazing to me, his story, this, this old story that he, that he was telling, uh, telling me. He basically went from Genesis to Revelation in, in you know, a, few, a few minutes. And, and we, we, I, I learned so much on that, on that mountain that day. And I was very healed by him and his, uh, his beautiful mom, uh, Sophie. Sophie Thomas. <clears throat> and so today we're talking a little bit about uh, the indigenous perspective of land uh, and working towards a renewal of relationship between people and nature. Uh, and, and I love the term Mother Earth. I kind of feel like, uh, and, and I know it kind of freaks, you know, some Christians out sometimes. Nobody here flinched, thank God. Nobody ran away. Um, but, uh, yet. But, um, <laughs> uh, that, but it does, it kind of feels like, um, I, I know that people and Christians have, have assumed that that term means that we worship Mother Earth, or we worship the Earth or something. And, um, and that the Earth has a spirit and all this stuff. And for sure, there, there might be some First Nations that, that do that. Um, I think I've met a couple, but the majority of the places that I've gone, there is the story of creation and the story of creator. And so that's been, and it's very, um, we have a monotheistic, uh, monotheistic uh, uh, spirituality rather than um, uh, mon monis monism, I guess, or uh, whatever the term is. I, I should have wrote that stuff down, but I didn't. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going off. I'm I'm uh, riffing on that that little bit. <clears throat> so, uh, and and our our relationship with Mother Earth is 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 kind of it's complicated, and yet it's very simple. The and, and the simple part of it is we are utterly dependent, like newborn kind of dependent on as as much as a newborn is dependent on their mother. We are on the earth. Uh, the, the air, the, the water, and then you know these things with you can just, your imagination can go uh, to, to understanding how desperately we need these things. And you desperately know when you need these things when they run out. <clears throat> and of course, um, all of the, the, at the earth, the, all of the animals, the um, animals that are in the air, in the water, and on the land, we are dependent and we are, um, we are codependent together. Everything is connected. And I think indigenous people have have this understanding of this dependence on the land, and it's it's a it's a beautiful way of being. I've seen elders who um, uh, and and heard of elders, lots of different elders across North America talk about when you kill an animal to eat, uh, you you thank it. You know, you kill a deer, and and it's it's there, and it's it's gone, and then they'll they'll say, we thank you for giving your life so that we can live. These beautiful, powerful themes. And, and they show respect to animals and to earth and, and also the respect to even mountains. I have the mountains behind me in the background here. And my sons took me up to hike on Mount Seymour and I thought, 
and at the end of it, I was like, I accomplished my one goal. I did not die. <laughs> and uh, as we were hiking, and it was getting dark, and it was, there was tons of snow, and I was wearing some things that were not as grippy as they could have been. And, and I remembered <laughs> up on the mountain that I remembered some of the words of my elders who said, you know, we don't go up on the mountain because the weather can change at any time and the mountain can take your life. So you show respect to the mountain. And I was like walking and I was like, oh no, <laughs> as I remember those words. But we made it out and uh, all was well, uh, thank God. So this, uh, so this reliance, this uh, dependence, and I remember uh, one elder praying at a POW in LA, Saginaw Grant actually, and uh, kind of a well-known, um, uh, artist from uh, that area, the Sacan Fox uh, Nation, and he prayed, he said, Creator, uh, have pity on us, for we are just humans. And, and I love that sort of humility in, in light of um, our relationship with nature. Uh, and in my own personal life, I'm really connected to Natle. I've, I've spent, uh, my mom, um, of course, we didn't we didn't live in Notley. We weren't I wasn't raised there, but my mom was so homesick and living in a mostly white community that we went back there all the time. And she would drive when we would drive onto Notley Tradition Territory and she would just relax and and it was uh, she was always so happy to be home. And so I have that same feeling as well. And one of the one of the things in Notley that's so significant to us is the river. Every single one of us in Natle, every Natle Watan and other surrounding nations, that river is a point. It's like a pivotal, pivotal point in all of our lives. And it's so, so important to us. And it's not only um, the source of water and the source of life. We used to pull, you know, barrels of water out, dip the barrels in and, and bring them back home to do all of our washing and, and, and the drinking water and the cooking, all of that stuff. So it's not, but it's not just that. <clears throat> there's just something, I don't know, magical about the, the river, and I think it has connected to the salmon. And, uh, and a couple of my cousins, they'll pull um, like a thousand salmon out of the river on a good salmon run year. And, uh, and, I, I, and then they'll, they'll can those and, and smoke them and, and dry those fish, and then they have enough for the whole year. They'll give a lot of weight to elders as well. And it's this beautiful way of being, this beautiful dependence. We really do, we still live off the land. It's not something that's like, oh yeah, back in ancient history, these things happened. It's still happening today. Indigenous people are still living this, this way. And the river has been very significant to me. It's shaped me in, in so many ways. Uh, when I was five years old, um, we lost my uncle to the river <clears throat> in circumstances that still we don't understand today. And, uh, and so that river has shaped me, uh, has, and grief has shaped me. And every, um, every new grief, uh, it, it changes us. It makes us completely different people. And, uh, and that, was, um, that was a really tough one for our family to get over because my Uncle Norman was very, very special to us. And he was a singer, he would sing jambalaya, and he would call me Sheremio, because that's what we thought that that name was in the song. And, and then, and then we lost him to the river, and uh, and so that, of course, you can see just how I how I react still to this day, and it's been and I'm 52 now, so it's it's been many years since that happened, but I'm still feeling that. Another thing is, <clears throat> whenever I go swimming in any pool, any river, wherever I am in the world, 
I'll jump into the into the water and I'll start swimming. You know how they teach you how to swim and whatever. <clears throat> and uh, but then I'll roll. I'll always roll over on my on my right side and I'll swim. And I just love this the way that I can just pull my arm down and I just feel strong and I feel like I don't know free or something. And I remember being in my twenties and uh, and thirties and, and thinking, this is interesting that this is always the way I swim. Like how come I you know, I, I don't keep swimming like the normal way that you're supposed to. Um, and then uh, I brought a team up to Natlay and <clears throat> I, I said to them, you know, when we usually jump off the bridge and it sounds like a great feat, you know, a dangerous thing. And it's fairly high, but it's not super high. It's not high, we'll get high. But it's, uh, uh, so then they all, a few of them wanted to do it. And then I hadn't jumped off the bridge for years. Like we did it all the time when we were teenagers and it's a bit of a rite of passage. You have to be able to swim out to a certain post and back before you're allowed to jump off the bridge because then you're strong enough to do it, right? So uh, my mom was always uh, watching us very carefully there. Uh, but anyway, so I was like, I knew I was a good swimmer and I knew I was still strong in my 30s. And so I jumped off the bridge and then I, <clears throat> I, hit, I touched the bottom, came back up and started swimming like normal against the very strong current. And then I rolled over on my side and I started to pull with my arm and it was this and I, I almost started crying on my way back to the shore because I realized every single body of water that I swim in, I swim as though I'm swimming against the current of the Nadle River. And that river has shaped me and has made me react to things in, in the way that I react to it. And so there's other things, the land and the people there have shaped me. And I take the way that, that I have been shaped into every area of my life. Uh, and. Another thing that happened with the river <clears throat> is that um, I, in my in my younger years, I remember listening to the to the rapids at night, and, and the, I'd be laying under the window, and the curtain, the wind, the wind would blow the curtain out, and then back, and I'm looking straight up at the window, and I would hear the wind in the trees, and I loved the sound of that, and I felt like it was speaking to me, like something was calling to me. And of course, this is general revelation stuff, and I, I love that stuff. <clears throat> but I also felt like the rapids were trying to tell me something, and I didn't know what. Uh, and it wasn't until I was probably in my late 20s, uh, early 30s again, that I learned the story of the river. My mom told me that the rapids that we heard were, weren't there all that time. When she was about four years old, there was a, an industry upriver that was building a dam. So they came to our section of the river and they stopped the river and they uh, they added all these rocks. They changed the direction of our little river and and some of the elders came and sat on the banks of our, the shore of the river and they looked at the river that was stopped and they cried for the salmon. They cried for um, what they saw as, as loss and change. And, and so I realized when my mom told me that story that the river or the rapids were man-made, I was... Um, I was really stunned and I thought, oh my goodness, maybe the river wasn't talking to me, maybe it was screaming. And, um, and then I thought about my grandpa's um, view of that, of that sound of the rapids, because he, he was an old man by the time I was a little kid hearing that sound, and he would have known that whole history. <clears throat> and for him to, have, to hear the rapids all the time, he would have, it would have reminded him of that change, and it would have reminded him of of people coming in and not asking permission, but just radically changing the landscape and even the direction of a river. Uh, and, and our lives, therefore, were so changed. And, and since then, now we have, 
we have fewer Chinook, we have fewer sturgeon, we're trying to revitalize all of those things. And we have water quality laws. We made, we asked our hereditary chiefs and our elected uh, chief and council to work, I was fortunate to work as a council member and to be a part of this process to create our own water laws because the province of BC's water laws weren't good enough for us. And we said, we have to have our own. And so the province accepted that and we're now working with um, the um, section of government, the environmental section, and, and, and they, they're, they're using that as, as their basis. It's unprecedented in many ways. And so, but that, <clears throat> when I think about the river and how that was changed, and my mom, my mom, my grandpa's house is just a stone's throw. Well, if you have a really good arm, it's a stone's throw from the river. Um, and, and my mom growing up right there and watching all of those things changing as she was like a little girl. And then how in, in my grandpa's life when he was younger, how the river would have been so different. And then in my life, how the river was so different. And all of us were shaped by that place and changed by that place. And you know, we talk about um, climate change and all of that stuff, and I think that there's a lot of First Nations people who are really trying hard, their level best to like, to bring, um, uh, to shed light on some of these issues that, the things that have happened to us in the past so that we can change the future for all of our grandchildren because we want uh, sustainability. We want all of our grandkids to be, to be okay, right? And I really believe in a God of justice. I believe in, in the man of sorrows from Isaiah 53 who, um, who the, the next line in that says uh, that Jesus is well acquainted with grief. Jesus and grief are old friends. And I believe the man of sorrows groans and cries along with creation, longing for that newness, longing for, for things to be made right. And, um, and we are created in the, in the image as well, in the image of God in that. And I like to say this because there's, there's, because of the assimilation attempts from the church on indigenous people, because of that, um, that policy of assimilation that, that Canada had against indigenous peoples from the very beginning, um, we never hear these words, that indigenous people are created in the image of God. Dakel are created in the image of God. Nitsitapi uh, created in the image of God. The Cree people are created in the image of God. Nishka created in the image of God. We don't hear those words. We don't. We. I didn't grow up hearing those words. I grew up feeling in the church like a second-class citizen, like being native meant that I was a liability. And Richard Twist, the late Dr. Richard Twist, a Lakota um, speaker and dear friend of mine, he used to say, "I knew that God loved me." But I didn't think he liked me very much. And that's what it means to, be, to grow up being native in, in the church. And um, as much as, uh, you know, we think about the God of justice and we think, <clears throat> you know, sometimes it feels like justice is slow. You know, it's, it's not as fast as we'd like. But one of the things that happened in Canada is, is, a, is a great decolonization happened. When the residential school survivors took Canada to court and won that great settlement, uh, they decolonized Canada. People are always afraid of decolonization, and I say, I say it just means listening to another story and changing your mind, and and that's it, it's a it's a good thing. And I say if you have heard about the residential schools in Canada, then you have been decolonized, and 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 just knowing that how um, 
how the truth kind of set Canada free in a lot of ways. Um, you could just see God all over that. You could see the God of justice, the creator of justice all over that. So I continue to go back. I continue to go back to Nadle as, as much as I can. Um, and, and I continue to sit by that river and I continue to be changed and shaped by that river and, uh, and my sons as well. And, and, uh, and I hope that in my sharing of my relationship with the land, my, um, an indigenous perspective of how much we love the land, I hope that in my sharing of that, that it has, it has um, sparked something in your memory that has caused you to go back and maybe remember some way that you had, uh, have been given uh, this beautiful relationship with the land. Um, so yeah, grateful to be here and, uh, and grateful to be with all of you on this journey to protect our, 